0: I am Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and I'm a sports nutritionist.
1: And uh, I'm Charles Staley, creator of Escalating Density Training, author of Muscle Logic, and I am a competitive master's weightlifter.
2: Uh, Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach and national record-holding strength athlete and uh, founder of LiftForHope.org.
1: Very cool. Hey, well, uh, for those of you who are logging in uh, today to uh, listen to Jen Heath, uh, unfortunately, Jen had a family emergency, and uh, uh, I'll leave the details of that uh, for, for her to explain when we bring her back. But she's she has a pretty serious family emergency and had to uh, had to um, attend to that. So um, we uh, we were lucky enough to uh, to reach Troy Anderson, who was uh, kind enough to join us uh, last minute. Troy, thanks so much for being here.
3: No, not a problem, fellas. I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Troy's one of the good guys out there, and he's he's, uh, owner of uh, Anderson Training Systems in uh, Tempe, Arizona, which is part of Phoenix, and uh, uh, you can find him at atscoaching.com, like Anderson Training Systems, so www.atscoaching.com, and uh, uh, Troy's got a great approach to training, and I'm going to let him kind of... uh, you know, elaborate on that, but, uh, I've, Troy's done many workouts at my place with the gang and, and vice versa. And man, Troy, I haven't seen you in a while. And if, if you don't live in Phoenix, you just don't understand, like, Phoenix is almost like its own country, you know?
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I know so many people in Phoenix who are in the training and fitness business who I, like, kind of never see because it's just so massive and, and also you just kind of get busy with your own thing. But, uh, how are things going, Troy? What's new with the business?
3: Oh, man. Um, things are going excellent. Um, you know, and just do a lot of work here, um, with, with my clientele and, and working into the online stuff, into the kettlebell stuff a little yeah. bit, uh, which are probably a few, few people may have seen some of the stuff out there. And, and just, uh, really trying to bring a, a, a simple approach that, that most people, uh, unfortunately, um aren't aware of and, and, and don't know much about, um,
1: Troy, by the way, I mean, I'll just pick up and fill in some of the gaps while Troy's calling back in. I've known Troy probably for about 14 years. He's been to, uh, all of my, uh, training summits and, um, really just has a unique kind of authentic style to, to training people. And it's, uh, you know, he kind of labels it blue collar fitness. And, uh, it really is about just fundamental, um, movement patterns and tried and true kinds of techniques. And, uh, and it's really just about getting results, which is what everybody should be about. But I think a lot of us tend to drift away from that um, and, and the search for, you know, more and more novelty. Uh, and I think novelty um, has its place in marketing. But uh, what makes Troy novel is that he is just very focused on, uh, on just the results. And uh, I know his clients are very uh, successful and very appreciative uh, to Troy for that. So uh, any luck, Troy? Do we have you back?
2: Uh, he's coming right now. Okay, here we go. Yeah, he was on the guest line. So when well, I muted the guest instead of the host line. So it's all good. It's my fault here, trying to, um, trying to line people up on the last minute here. <laughs> Can you hear me now? There we go. We
1: got you, man. I've been talking all... Hey. Your ears must have been ringing. I was talking about you. so. Uh,
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I just heard like some little beeps there, and then I, I you guys couldn't hear me or something. I don't know what happened.
1: That's, yeah, our, uh, that's, that's, that's our ultra-sophisticated uh, security <laughs> system, yeah. uh, and apparently you failed it.
3: It's not a double. It's not a double opt-in. It's a double. It's a double call-in. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> okay, you're good to go now. So,
3: <laughs> very, very, Yeah, I mean, just just trying to, to keep things simple for people and and help them get results that that they that they don't normally get and and, and kind of keep the confusion level down and, and just do real basic stuff like you know a lot of the people that we know do.
1: But um, as as you were um, dialing back in, I was just telling everybody that that i I sort of think of you as a guy who's just kind of all about uh, authenticity and and just just getting the bottom line result, which you know in its own right is kind of a unique approach because i just you do sort of get the sense when you watch trainers out there that it's just all about tricks and gimmicks and gadgets and you know novelty and uh you know where's then after a while
3: yeah i mean I just try to and I guess it's kind of a uh... It's an upfront approach. I actually got a story to tell about that um, real quickly, if you guys got, if we got time for it. We and I don't time. know I don't know how we do q and A, Q&A. but I did. A, and this is is in some, to some degree my fault. But I had a, I had a lady from my networking group um, decide she wanted to come out to one of my small group boot camps, you know, outdoor stuff. And I anticipated her coming because I had some new people into the camp and stuff. So I I toned this down quite a bit from my normal kettlebell, sandbag, sled stuff, and just did body weight stuff. And um and so she came on out and, and she she did it and she's a very novice novice exercise. Kind sure. of pre precursed this. And uh and um so I had her um, you know, get involved in this and we're doing some body weight stuff and we're, you know, do real simple stuff and, and I have a sand pit in the area where I where I do it so about this time of year we start to use the sand pit and yeah. and we're doing some simple things like uh, duck walks and things like that that a lot of people that are uninitiated don't really know anything about. And long story short of it, she did find that day, it was very taxing for her, but a great workout for, you know, for her and, and and I saw her the next day, and she's like, you know, I'm sore in muscles that I didn't know. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, you know, take care of yourself, lots of water, you know, have oil stuff like that. And and uh and so the following day was the next boot camp. Is and and well, as happened has lots of times with this kind of thing. Um and for many reasons she didn't show up. Yeah and uh And so I'm like, and I never let anybody off the hook because I sometimes like to just hear the story or the excuse <laughs> a lot of times on why people left um, and it also it helps from a lot of different business development angles yeah. and so I, I call her later that afternoon and I said, you know what what you know what's the you know what are you you know looking for?" and um and, and this you know you know what kind of happened well she's like i knew you would call me and hold me accountable i'm like yeah that's kind of my job but anyway <laughs> yeah. uh, um and so we get to talking and, 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 and this lady had had um gastric bypass oh wow and and, and we get to talk and she, and she's talking about loose skin and, and loose skin and all this stuff and i, I don't hear her say anything of something and I didn't mention this right off because I, I come in with another piece here, but I didn't hear say anything about wanting to get stronger or more right. confident or lose fat or anything along those lines. And I said, well, you know, is losing your skin your number one thing? Or, you know, is, is I didn't hear you say any of these other things. And and she kind of I said, if it is, well, maybe exercise isn't the number one thing to do. I mean, yeah. you might be able to save a lot of money and and time and get it done a lot quicker, you know, in other venues. And she's like, surgery. I'm like, well. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Get, this loose skin is your number one thing. But the thing I told her, it, it, it kind of came out in, in some of her excuses was, she, you know, I'm looking at different avenues of things, and I thought I might take up dance and stuff like that. I'm like, do you really know what you want to do? I mean, do yeah. you, you really know what you want to get out of this? And she's like, she was shocked. She paused for a second, and she goes, no. I'm go. well, I said, then I recommend that you don't start any program until you figure that out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's such a good point, and, you know, as trainers, and I know a lot of trainers and coaches are listening in, I mean, uh, it's so easy to, uh, you know, to not really be in tune with, with your client's knowledge level, and uh, it makes me think of, um, I used to train this woman many, many years ago in, in New York State when I was first starting out, and uh, this was prior to the, to the days of the word personal trainer even mm-hmm. being uh, well-known, you know, and uh and she was afraid of getting her legs too big, which is, you know, the common thing. And and, and after having a conversation with her, it never occurred to her that even if her, you know, her, her her concept was like if she gained muscle on her legs, it would be permanent, you know. Yeah. Like it never even occurred to her. And this was a college-educated woman, perfectly intelligent. never occurred to her that if she gained weight in her legs... Whether it be muscle, fat, if you just stop doing what put it there, that it would go away. It, like never occurred to her. So it's it's so easy as trainers and coaches to just kind of forget that you know sometimes clients just don't really have much of a base to to start with.
2: Oh, That's happy. like
0: we were just talking a couple of weeks ago. Remember about um, you know people they have they might have some vague sense of dissatisfaction or something, but some of them aren't even really capable of setting very specific goals. And, you know, I think it's it's like choosing your favorite food before you see what's on the menu. You know, let's yeah. maybe get a little menu from the trainer, or from your exercise professional, and then that guidance can help you say, that's what I want, or that's what I want. Because I've never uh, done a study where I watched skin disappear from an exercise training protocol, you know.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, Troy, you know what your story reminds me of also is- one of the fundamental, anybody out there, if you've ever studied goal setting, I mean, one of the, one of the, you know, uh, inarguable components of a goal is that it should be phrased in the positive. And yet, what is the main goal most people have? It's to lose weight, which is a negative. So right there, you have a problem right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs>
3: right? Yeah.
1: I mean it's just, it's yeah, kind of it's never kind of starting the like table
2: it. for things to flow forward if you put it and frame it in those terms.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, it's just it's well, kind it's of Well, it's usually
2: you never, you know, I want to start eating better, it's I want to stop eating crappy. And you know, yeah. it's always focusing on the negative and you know, That's really the exercise
1: or mindset, man. I'm really it's
2: like kick my own butt and,
1: burn you know, calories and get on that treadmill.
0: Yeah, don't don't don't. Don't eat carbs, don't eat
2: fats. Don't don't don't, you know. Sacrifice is not I'm going to do this,
1: you know. <laughs> Man. Well, so I, I, I heard you mention something about a group, and I from watching your videos, I know you do like a lot of uh, boot camp type stuff. And what's your experience been with that? Um, I think group training is It's kind of funny. I think clients can perceive it as a negative as if you're not getting individualized instruction, but I think it's actually a positive. I think groups just have so much more energy, and I think it's really a positive. Have you found that to be the same, Trey?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I just was talking with a guy in my mastermind group this morning about this. And, I mean, Alan Cosgrove has, I think, broken this drum. He's been beating it so hard. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I honestly, especially in the economic um, environment we're in right now, I think that one-on-one is dying fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 it truly is. And, and I, I do believe because of the precept, and, you know, I mean, still a lot of people, and you guys know this, Uh, A lot of people's mindset when it comes to fitness is still stuck in the 70s and 80s. And so personal training is still in most people's minds. But once they can kind of get exposed to these environments, I mean, like this lady the other day. We were just talking this mastermind call. When you put people in a group dynamic and you you bring in, even this novice person that, that may have never, probably hadn't exercised in years, and here she's doing these, I mean pretty advanced things I mean we're not doing you know um, we're not a, we're not at curves here no. um, and, and and because the group dynamic lifts them up um, they do these things and they and they don't really complain and, and, and they accomplish <laughs> them and and, and 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 I think it's a it's a wonderful wonderful thing that can be done now the, the caveat I think there is that it, it, it puts onus on the coach. You shouldn't stand there with hands in pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have to be there and kind of manage the group and, and hustle. And you need to know you, you know, you need, if you're going to do group stuff like uh, my buddy Bill does out in, in Virginia. I mean, he has a lot of partner stuff. You need to understand how to group things so you have yeah. flow to your group and stuff like that. And that's probably a skill set that well, can, needs to be acquired by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but other than that, man, it's a great thing.
1: But speaking of, and I mean, don't you find as a trainer, your energy is enhanced by that as well? I mean, it's just easier to get up for the session.
3: Yeah, totally totally
2: geeked up for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's pretty cool. I mean, the
2: one thing that's evident about it, I mean, is it works for the strongest, and it works for athletes. You know, generally, your best athletes, and why not, they train in groups. So why would you not do that as a beginner, you know, and how could it, I mean, everybody feeds off one another. Generally, you're yeah. looking to train the stronger people and people that bring you up. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you guys
3: had Dave Kade on last week. I, I couldn't imagine going into that environment where they train at with Dave and Jim Windler and some yeah. of the other crazy strong dudes, and everybody's going absolutely shit and screaming and yelling and, and lifting heavy weights. I mean, what greater environment than in, in a group environment than to, to lift heavy weights than there?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well hey Troy, you meant, I mean you've mentioned a couple of times, you mentioned sandbags and, uh, and, and Mm -hmm. sleds (laughs) and kettlebells. So are are they kind of your, uh, your primary tools or like what, what do you, what are your thoughts about, you know, the, uh, you know the tools of the trade, and uh, okay. uh, do you lean almost exclusively toward uh, those type of implements as opposed to even barbell type stuff yeah. or, or or machines? Or what's your what's your thing about? I tools? mean,
3: my thing is is I I lean towards things that allow me to make the athletic big movements as accessible to everybody as possible. I like that. Um, I, that's why I love kettlebells. I'm I'm not the kettlebell guy. I'm not gonna. I mean, I think that they're, they're great. I think Pobble's great, but I'm not gonna beat the the kettlebell only drum. Sure. Uh, I think they're a wonderful, wonderful tool for making snatches and cleans and squats and yeah. and deadlifts accessible to sixty six to sixty, so to speak. Yeah. You know, so, to to kind of go overboard a little bit. There. I um, love the sandbags for that. I mean, how. Easy and great of his to teach triple extension than sandbag shouldering. You know, aside from going overhead there with it, but I mean, you get where I'm going. Um, I, I, most of my clients will always touch kettlebell when they come in. And always touch a sand, uh, not always touch sandwich, always touch kettlebell. They do a lot of bodyweight stuff. Some of my clients use a barbell, um, and, and those are my main tenets. Um, I've been dabbling recently. If, if you guys haven't seen this book, got it loaded with programs. Estevan um, Javorek's book.
1: Yep. I'm familiar.
3: Um, and uh, just loaded. And I think, actually, and, and this might be heresy to some, but some of the things that he teaches with dumbbells it carries over very well with kettlebells. And, yeah. and so, Because most people aren't used to moving weight close to their body with speed. And some of the little techniques that he uses in there, I use to carry over to teaching my kettlebell stuff. That's and so, uh, actually, another thing that I use a lot of, um, especially with my, my novice people in, in, up into the beginner phase, is medicine ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just it's a really easy way to kind of teach full body fluid, move it, you know, using the lower body to propel weight up to the upper, transfer to the upper body, you know, all that, that kind of stuff, and, um, you know, just that's, to try to keep that's... it simple with people.
1: I love it. And uh, by the way, if you're just coming in late, we're talking to Troy Anderson of Anderson Training Systems. His website is www.atscoaching.com. And you know, it's easy from a trainer's point of view to understand that approach from a functional point of view. But one of my little things about that as well is that when you're, when you're swinging a kettlebell or putting a sandbag overhead or dragging a sled, you can just sort of um, viscerally understand the, the usefulness, the utility of it, and, and and the fact that you've done work. And I don't know if I mentioned this on last week's um, um, show, but one thing that always kills me is not only like selectorized machines, uh, which is bad enough, but, but now the, the trend, and it's been this way for a while in health clubs, is that the weight stack is covered with a cowling. So they rob you of the only possible uh, component of enjoyment that you could have. I mean, it's like, you know, studying uh, for for six months for the SATs and then grinding through the test and then never finding out your score. It just robs you of any possible enjoyment, you know.
0: God, that's a good point, or even feedback, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, the beauty of, you know, and another one of my little takes on this is, I just find this parallel interesting. If you snatch a bar or a dumbbell or a kettlebell, that's the universal victory uh, posture, right? <laughs> you know, yep. you've got your fist overhead. I mean, uh, that might sound goofy, but I, I have had clients tell me, "Yeah, you know, when you say that, I really kind of, I kind of related to that when I was doing it."
3: I I, could, I completely agree. I mean, I, it, just with the kettlebell or a barbell, um, when clients finally kind of master the snatch, they get it to go up smoothly, and they don't whack themselves and and, and stuff, and they're like. Holy crap! That is cool. Like that—that yeah. that is a crowning moment, so to speak—in a lot of people's um, higher, you know, progression of, of, of exercise.
0: You know, that's one of the things that I've always kind of—I've um, seen as a, a dichotomy between exercise professionals and, and dietary ones—is working in nutrition a lot. I almost become jealous that people that work with clients in exercise, you can give them immediate success, um, yeah. feedback, you know, you know, nice work. Look at that. You know, that was the perfect, you know, um, coordination of that movement. Or And, it, you know, what do you do in, in nutrition? I, I can't really do that. You know, wow, that was awesome bite, <laughs> you know.
1: All you can say is, you know what, man, in 12 weeks, you're just going to be loving this. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one of the greatest things you hit on, Troy, was it's uh... – you know, we get so many. We've had several people in here of late where they're they're totally closed minded on one implement, mm-hmm. and be it a kettlebell or 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 a sandbag or a barbell. And but it's the preaching of you know, it's not so much the tool you use, but what you're doing with the tool. You know, if you're snatching, deadlifting, squatting, I don't care what you're using, you're doing good things. So it's it's just have a they have a bevy of tools so you can pull out, and they're going to use one of them, you know, to make it enjoyable for your clients. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah. Well One of the things know.
3: I've been beaten on recently is that, like, boredom is the bane of anything exercise, nutrition. I mean, if you get bored with it, it sucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, no matter who. I mean, you, can, I mean, even those guys, I, I they had to be. So I mean, maybe they're just so laser-focused. But, I mean, guys that go in and snatch front squat, clean and jerk, twice a day, six days a week. I mean I mean that's not <laughs> gonna work with the average person, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh it's it's uh it's aesthetic for sure. You have to have a certain mindset uh to uh to do that for sure. So uh well Troy normally we have questions for our guests but because you're so last minute we probably don't have questions <laughs> but uh if you're listening in uh there will still be time. We're gonna get into our topic of the week but uh you can submit your question on the website if you've got questions for Troy Anderson. But um, we'll we'll revisit that in a few minutes. But, uh, Phil, why don't we do the topic?
2: Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. The topic of the day that we're going to touch on is uh, training through or around injuries. I mean, it's something that everybody's kind of kind of dealt with, and I know myself I have a ton. I've written about it and dealt with it, and um, I'd say it's one of the things that leads to the most confusion and stress in people, and it potentially leads to them giving up or uh, you know just walking away. You know, for me, there's two main types of injury, and for those injuries, kind of two main types of people and how they deal with them. Um, the number one injuries, I, I like to call them, a, it's a big injury, or a catastrophic injury, whatever you want to do call it. Um, you know, arguably, I think they're the easiest to deal with, and it's simply because, I mean, you don't have a question. You know, you don't have um, options. Something big happens, and you just have to deal with it. You know, you don't have, to have options. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you just take it head on, and you know, like a major sickness. I mean, it's unlike the, the second kind of injury, which is kind of your little nagging injuries. I like to compare them to like a cold or having allergies. You're not debilitated, so you don't you don't rest, you try to push through them, and you know I've seen tons of people I know myself i mean I've been hit by a car and ran over, and it was like there was no question. It was like okay, we're just going to get fixed and then I get a cold, and I'm like a crying little baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's It's because it's just annoying and you don't know what to do, you don't know if you should rest or should I just push through it
0: You know what Phil yesterday, I went to the uh, a friend of mine who's an orthopedic surgeon uh Phil, in effect. You guys, you and Charles both probably remember. I've I've been complaining about my hips lately, and for you know for for literally twenty five years I had no problems at all. I was always doing, you know, butt to the floor, deep, heavy squats my whole life. Never had any problems. So finally, I thought, you know what? I haven't been taking care of myself medically. I'm going to go talk to this uh, this friend of mine. And long story short, he's he's basically just explaining to me what you are, which is. You know, Lonnie, you're you're 40 now. You have less hydration in your tissues. All those years of squatting, you know, you get some remodeling of that tendon tissue, and it, your tendons from your gluteus medius that attach to the you know the the greater trochanter of your of your um, uh, femur there. You know, your thigh bone. It's just uh, you've got bone spurs build up a little bit there. You've got uh, tendons that look a little bit more like scar tissue than regular tendons now. You know. And, but at the same time, this is one of those nagging things, like you were saying. It's a three or four on a 10 scale, you know, when it comes to pain. And uh, I, I'm going to have to sort of change the way I, I lift. And that's what I was thinking when you were just talking about injuries, because a lot of this stuff, when you're tw- in your 20s, except for the catastrophic stuff, you're often invincible. You know, not always, but often, or at least you feel you are. But when once you're 40-ish or so, you know, then these these realities set in, you know.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just it's more annoying than anything. And I'd say those are the ones that lead to the most just crap. I mean, and because you're not 100%, you're more like 80 or 90, you know. So they mentally wear on you because you can't push it hard enough or you, yeah. you don't know if you should.
1: It's the ambiguity of, uh, of you know, chronic inflammatory itises that... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and and by the way, you know, it, it's just sort of funny because I've been struggling with uh, an issue in my left knee for 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 months, actually. This is how hard-headed I am, you know. And you can know, you can have a great knowledge base, but, you know, sometimes when it comes to your own lifting, uh, you know, you can just be kind of pig-headed about it. And so uh, finally, after exhausting all other options, I lay off from lifting for three weeks. And uh, I come back. First workout out of the gate, I have a new personal record power snatch. <laughs> so, you know, and you wouldn't think that 50 years old after a three-week layoff, you'd come back with, with a personal record, but uh, it goes to show you how much some of this ambiguous uh, joint pain can really uh, hamper your ability to move and to produce force. So um, it's that that's just, just an experience of mine. Troy, I know in addition to all of your... Uh, uh, training responsibilities. You play Australian rules uh, football and uh, you're exploring yeah, some other and it, stuff. And, and, it, and I know you've had injuries, man, because I've, I've, I've been there. So
3: and an the athlete in, in the flesh right here. Uh,
1: yeah.
3: And looking looking at the end of the line, I'm uh, I'm 34, going on 35 in a few months.
1: Crap, that's old.
3: Yeah uh, know. <laughs> and, and when you when you play against 20, 20 year olds and 22 yeah. year olds, is is real old.
1: No, it's it's true
3: and uh and so I've, I've had some nicks and dings. Uh, I got a really hard stinger last year in my uh, kind of thoracic spine, um, and I've tweaked my back more in my fair share of times and and the thing I kind of have discovered through it all, especially and I think this is really important for people that are um, body composition people and athletes, is you only need to be strong enough. Yeah, You know, you guys compete in strength sports, and I've done strongman contests before, and you need to be like an ox. You know, you've got to be strong as an ox. You need to squat 400, 500 pounds, whatever, and, and be able to rip weight up overhead. But for me, I, I don't squat personally. I don't squat anymore because it, it might sound like heresy, but um, it, it bothers my back. And, and I, I go back and forth to it about every six months and test it. Um, but and, and it's to to date it hasn't been ready to go. And so I lunge and I, I do heavy lunge. I, I worked up a while back to, to I think it was a triple of two fifty. so but there's ways around it, that's kind of the point I make. But you have to uh, train a lot smarter, uh, listen to the body. I mean, I I run and and still do that kind of stuff, um, with Australian rules stuff and I still play top level. I, I won uh Last year at, at this age, you know, 34, just turned 34, I won the most consistent player in the national competition. Mm-hmm. I, I won our, our local competition best player. That I think I've won it two, the last two years. Um, so it's completely possible. And I don't, you know, by no means in my training, you know, I mean, I run a couple of businesses, have a wife and a small kid now. And, and I'm not training, you know, three or four hours a day.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
3: But But, but what I have, you know, and what I've accumulated over you know, 20-some years probably now of training, serves me very well.
0: The accumulation is funny. The accumulation in adaptations is good, but it's also the accumulation of scar tissue and bone spurs, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, very Which, much by so. the way, is not entirely a negative thing. I mean, if Phil didn't have bone spurs and uh, scar tissue, he wouldn't <laughs> be able to walk at all.
0: He <laughs> wouldn't be able to
3: deadlift
1: that round either.
0: It's holding you together.
1: It's that super
3: stretch reflex with scar tissue that picked it up. Scar tissue and bone spurs are like filled duct tape and bailing wire. (laughs) And bailing (laughs)
1: wire, yeah. Well, you know, funny enough, there's actually some truth to that because I've had two total open synovectomies on my right knee. And uh, that is probably about the only joint in my body that I never have symptoms for. And I was talking to an orthopedic surgeon uh, uh, about it recently. He goes, Well, probably all that scar tissue actually just made that knee so stable that that's why it's uh that's why it's asymptomatic.
0: You know, Charles that reminds me of something that I think you've said before, which is, you know, over time people talk about oh injuries, oh I have a bone spur or, you know, the the tracking of the I don't know, the quadriceps tendon patellar tendon, you know, and uh, causing spurs or or a tendon changes and that kind of stuff, but it's amazing how a person can uh their body, I mean, it, these muscles and these tendons they don't work in a vacuum and you do – there there are ways to, uh, you know, work around them. The other systems sort of kick in, especially when you've got years of training under your belt. And it, it, it's not a death sentence, even though it's ambiguous and frustrating. And that's kind of what I took away from that meeting with, with, uh, with the surgeon yesterday is, you know what, so my hips hurt. It's kind of uh, – so what? You know, don't do stupid things, but at the same time, I, I can't throw in the towel – Oh, every time I, you know, I start squatting, my my hips are going to hurt now. Well, you know.
1: Yeah, you can't overly let your injuries define you, and I think that's uh, that's an important point. And
2: uh, I mean, oddly enough, we were joking about Wednesday during our workout. But, well, about
1: that study we saw. And well, perhaps, and we're... Phil, I can't believe we didn't bring that in, <laughs> Lonnie. Have you seen the study about? Uh, basically I forget what university that came out of, but um where they're basically concluding that most chronic pain is actually the result of an ibuprofen deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, uh, that
1: was like interesting news for me personally, yeah. you know. Anyway, sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we were <laughs> we were joking Lonnie has to love that one. Um, uh, we were also joking about, you know, train your strengths and ignore your weaknesses. And at times of injury, I mean, as odd as it sounds, that's kind of what you need to do. Just, you know, train what's strong at that time and stay away from what hurts for a bit, you know, and really concentrate on what you can do. Quit worrying about what you can't for a minute and let it heal. Yeah. You know, and by getting your other things stronger, say, hey, I can't deadlift, so I'm going to press, you know, and I'm going to get my back stronger, my upper back, and... It takes in the long run, you're going to come back strong,
1: it really takes discipline and and watching Phil train over the past year uh i'm I'm actually very impressed. I've never said this to Phil, even but it is amazing to watch how Phil does work around injuries and uh you know has had some very serious surgeries and uh you know most people, if you had one third of the the injuries that Phil has had, you wouldn't even think about going into a gym and uh he does have a very uh good instinct about how to work around that and uh uh, it's just kind of interesting to watch.
0: There's some pride to be had, I think, in being a war-scarred veteran, you know? Seriously.
1: Yeah, yeah. very much so. I
3: mean, I mean, just to go along those work-around things and training the strength, and people might, especially when we start talking strength training, might get a little confused on that, but I just brought up a, 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 a kind of little momentary injury that I had um, during this current season. The, the Australians, they call it a corky, but it's a deep thigh bruise. Um, I took one in a game and, and you still want to train. I mean, every you still feel good enough. I mean you've recovered a day or so after the, 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 the competition. And so in that instance, while it might not have been my strong point, my strength is I can do an upper body workout. Yeah. Um it's people just need to kinda of, kinda of think about things in, in that realm. And another thing is is I think especially even as we pass, you know. 30s, 40s, 50s, even. Like I, I have met with a guy, and this guy was visibly. You guys have seen these kind of guys. Um, really super nice guy. I think he's 60 or maybe even 65. But he came in and saw me, nice guy, loves to hike here in Arizona and, and really push it hard and he likes to do something called fast packing where they take a light pack and they really go and push and go on these long trail hikes. But you can visibly see how puffy his knees are, you know, those mm. kind of arthritic looking knees if you've yeah. ever, I'm sure you guys have seen them. And, and, and we brought him in and and I think for a lot of people, the kind of chronic, chronic stuff, I mean, I think every person, you know, it seems like that comes and sees you uh, straight off the street is like, oh, I've got bad knees. And a lot of that's bad movement. Um, yeah. this guy, I legitimately, you could see, I mean, it was unignorable that he had th- this stuff going on. And uh, so we did a little movement stuff, and it was, you know, a little stiff and tenor. We but we retied a little bit of stuff. And uh, I just talked with him the other day. I wish I could play you guys a voicemail because it's, it's a great voicemail. But um, and he started taking in some uh, um, oils. He started bringing in fish oil and flax meal and seed and flax oil and hemp oil. And at about 12 grams of oil total, I think it was a day, or 12, I'm, not, I'm not sure that was his number over the phone, so I don't know exactly. I haven't seen this stuff, but what he's taking. But he's like, I can. Um, you know, he said for years I had to press myself up off the floor and stuff, and he's like, now I can I can do a full squat. Wow, pain free. Yeah. Wow, you know. And sometimes I think pain kind of gets people blinded, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. And especially I see a lot of people uh, work in a facility that does a lot of pain management um, in, in an adjacent building, and and uh, you see these people that, that that are you know going through the the allopathic process and. Um, And and there's so much simpler things, and I think they just get blinded and kind of get these blinders on going forward. And and this guy just seemed, you know, he took this route, not to say that this is a fix for everybody, but it it seems like it sure could help a lot.
0: Well, there's a lot of research. I I think it's worth pointing out that pain is often linked with inflammation, and there's a ton of research on fish oil doses, and it is usually a dose-response kind of thing with the omega-3 fats that... Once you start consuming those, there's, uh, for example, arthritics. They can reduce and sometimes even eliminate their anti-inflammatory meds because of the fish oils themselves. You know, we we live in an omega six saturated kind of uh, environment here. When it comes to the the plant oils we're always consuming, and just introducing. Uh, a fairly uh, large amount, you know, a couple of grams of EPA plus DHA, or throw in some of that linolenic acid from the flax. And you do see clinical improvements, and there is, in fact, research behind that.
2: Yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, then you have the fact that kind of what Troy was touching on. I mean, you get get the older population or the injured population, then they just, something starts hurting. So they totally quit using that motor path. And it just exasperates the problem further and further and further um to where they're they're totally immobile in some joints, and the pain is just just horrible I mean we have an older gentleman that can't lift his his arm much past his chest you know and up till you know three months ago when he came and started working with us you know he could he could barely squat down and get back up and you know so we just slowly worked through full range of motion, and now you know he's squatting like two fifty. And he can squat down and just stay in a squatter position and hold himself pain free. you know it's just a way that slowly you can't you gotta push things a bit too as long as it's not debilitating pain and there's you know learn the difference between strain and pain and you've
1: gotta yeah you've gotta interrupt that vicious cycle you know <clears throat> where you have an injury which limits your your movement, which exacerbates the injury which limits your movement more and one somehow some way that cycle has to be interrupted and uh you know, and if not, you know, you just spiral kind of out of control. So,
0: I think a good way for people to start addressing that is to draw a line where they're going to try to tackle it themselves versus where they need, you know, medical attention. They're actually going to have to talk to someone or or work with a physical therapist at least at first and gain a little bit of confidence in a safe environment, and you know, and then they can try to. Um, rehab themselves and and work through it because God, that's so true. If, if use it or lose it, you know you've got to interrupt that.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know <laughs> most most of your people, oh, like myself. I mean, I just unless it's unless I'm losing a limb, man, I'm not going to the hospital. <laughs> so it it kind of holds me back at times with injuries, you know. And I think, yeah, I mean, myself included. I mean, if something's nagging you long enough and it's actual, it hurts go get it checked out, I mean, and then you at least know what the hell you're working with. Yeah. Cool. To kind of chime in along, that, and, and it, this is
3: kind of maybe abstract, I guess, but it, it seems like societally today there's such an aversion to pain and trying to mass cover-up attempt to get rid of as fast as possible. I think that's why, you know, if people actually do go through the process of, going to their doctor and hopefully they get a good one and gets them the right path and if they need surgery or something kind of invasive and gets them off to physical therapist. but Like I, I swear to God there's so many people that like skip out on their PT or don't do their PT because it's hard and it's yeah. a little uncomfortable and yeah, exactly. this whole thing, I mean a good example, my dad just had a... He, had plenty of wrecks in his life. He's a farmer, and he's been stomped by cows and the whole bit. Um, and he just had fusion in his neck. Hmm. And uh, and I, I long story short, um, he, he has to wear a hard collar for eight weeks. And I'm like, Dad, do you not realize that that's the easy part? Like, the hard part is trying to, like, regain all this thing. Cause he had some neuropathy and stuff. And I think that's, like, this whole thing is, like, people, they get in the pain, and they, they want to get out of it, and then they don't want to do the PT. And I'm just like... Yeah. Just, you know, you got to move forward and, and yeah. see what... It goes back to what I was talking about, with the, the ladies with the skin thing. They they don't know what they want.
0: Well, people are so pain aversive. What you were just talking about, Troy, I, this was like two years ago, but a commercial stuck in my head where this guy was... They showed him changing light bulbs. I kid you not. Changing light bulbs in his house. And he's kind of, you know, grabbing his shoulder and rotating it around. And the next day he's taking ibuprofen. I'm like, dude, come squat with me.
1: <laughs> man, I know that exact commercial. I know that exact and, – and as how, he holds his shoulder, you see like this red flashing thing under his hand. Well, I, like I know that exact commercial.
0: How sad, you know.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, the, the question is, how much margin do you have? Yeah. You know, that that's what training to me really is all about. It's really about, you know, especially – if you're not an athlete, if you're just uh, an everyday person. I mean, you need some margin. It, yeah. If it requires all of your physical capacity to just get through your day, you have no margin.
3: Yeah. I, I got a snapshot story about that for you. Um, I have a lady, an older lady, um, in her mid-50s, um, real nice, um, comes and trains real regularly, takes care of herself, tries to eat real well. These are really. Husband's pretty much exact opposite. Um, he's about 10 years older. Um, smokes. Doesn't really have an affinity to eat. Absolutely despises exercise. So they have their house painted the other day, and they're rehanging their curtains. And they have two chairs set up because you know you have to screw the curtain things in so yeah. you know they stay. And they have got steps off. You know chairs set up as steps on either side. And. And this guy's not obese or, well, he, technically he should probably be obese. He's probably 20 or 30 pounds, but compared to a lot of America, he's not obese to the right. middle of my death. And so they're going to st- step up, holding this, you know, this uh, curtain rod type thing, step up on the chair and then screw the things in. This gen- And we're talking, you know, a little bit, you know, normal chair, 16 to 20 inch step, yep. body weight only. Um, this gentleman could not do this. He attempted wow. and attempted and attempted to do this. With effort, which he's obviously not keen on doing, wow. um, and couldn't step up, and, and sadly to say, and, and, and I guess this is why the, you know all the all the professionals on the line and that might listen to this is so important yeah. is that he's not not a narrow percentage of the population. He's the he's the norm.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's amazing. Well like like Lonnie said earlier, there's some pride in all this,
3: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, so, I mean the so per- zero margin right there i mean, that's yeah. what
1: he I, mean did. I mean I you know whether it's a whether it's an asset or a liability i, I kind of have personal pride, like you know yeah. i just well, that would not be acceptable to me
2: along with i mean Troy kind of touched on it there's people have become almost afraid of pain, especially now with all the medications out there, and you know, along with that afraid of pain became. You know, they don't know the definition between pain and just what it feels like to work hard. <laughs> you know, and that there's a difference between straining and, and working hard and, and pain. It's a big difference. And if you don't, if you regularly push yourself and strain, maybe life won't hurt so much. Yeah. <laughs> a right there. yeah. You know?
0: I think sometimes that old phrase, no pain, no gain, is what confused people. It was so popular in the 80s and 90s because I remember being taught as an undergrad, well, that's really wrong. You know, exercise shouldn't cause pain. And even then, as a kid, I'm thinking, wait a minute. He means n- no exertion, no discomfort, no gain. He doesn't mean no tendon rupture, no gain.
2: You know? <laughs>
1: that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, hey, Troy, you're a good yeah. guy to come in uh, last minute for us. and uh, We do have a couple it's, questions. It's been a blast to chat with you. and uh, Wow, so that's a good sign we do have questions. Uh, yeah. So throw, throw them um, out.
2: Ben from Madison. Um, what is your take on barbell complexes for fat loss? Is it more effective than heavy weights and cardio?
3: I actually just made a comment on this today. I thought it was kind of smart, but it's not very original. Um, Holly Rigsby put something out there today, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with her or not, but she's a, a mommy fitness type of guru, uh, expert, and she asked what was the best thing. I said, um, extra load, big movements, done fast. So that kind of meets the standard of complex. I think you have to have a strength component in there, but if, you know, again, kind of what you want out of it. If you, Your sole goal is, Fat loss, then I think your complexes are going to make up a little bit bigger piece of the pie than strength training. Um, obviously, when we look at the demands and needs of that, that big strength training, maybe you do them first and transfer into complexes, but that, that's kind of my general take on it.
2: Okay. Um, John in Cleveland, do you think that conditioning workouts like kettlebells and sled sled dragging are an essential part of any tro- training program? What if your focus isn't functionality? But is more geared towards bodybuilding. Would still advocate conditioning work.
3: That's a very good question and very interesting. Um, again, it goes to your need. I did an interview with Jimmy Smith, which I don't know if you guys have had him on yet. I know you guys have talked with him at least a little bit. I think. And uh, Jimmy is a is a you know a bodybuilder guy. I mean, he's muscle gain. You know bodybuilder, and I did an interview with him and I asked him about the kettlebell stuff. I didn't particularly ask him about sleds, but I don't know if he'd disagree, but he uses the kettlebell as a tool, a versatile, accessible tool, um, for conditioning workouts with his bodybuilder types, and that's what he does. I, I think, again, it goes back to boredom, right? Boredom is the bane of any exercise and nutrition, you know, kind of process, program, whatever you want to call it that you're on. If you've got to be going in there and doing, you know, Bike sprint intervals get old after a while. Even if you're doing mm-hmm. interval training, you know hill runs get old after a while. Uh, and I love them, you know. And you know, two hour, you know, which you know maybe is a part of the process when you you get down to it. If you're you're really trying to get into bodybuilding contest shape, but if you're not and you're just trying to get super lean, you know, maybe just one hour of walking on the treadmill gets old after a while. And you do some sled pulling. I, I you know I, I just think that again. To, like Phil said earlier, to apply the tool to your need um, is, is what you're really looking to do there. I mean, don't get bored. I mean, because they can all be applied to, you know, if you're trying to to work up to a maximum heart rate or you're trying to do that, kettlebells are very effective. I sit in on a, on a seminar up at our friend Josh Hankins' place a, a few weeks Well, it's been a month or two now, um, with uh, Kenneth J, the, the kind of, they call him the Dane of Pain. He's this big, angular, athletic-looking Danish guy, that's RKC guy, and uh, he has this VO2 uh, max protocol, and I watched him brutalize some people with that. I mean, if you you know if that's not a good conditioning work, then I don't know what is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's just using the tool for what is needed. And for getting lean, I mean, oh, when I was doing that, I mean, I'd spend hours walking or, or riding yeah. a bike, and that gets old, man.
3: Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, get get your butt out of the Gold's Gym. It's 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 going to be May soon, yeah. In most places it's super nice. Grab a kettlebell, spend fifty bucks on a kettlebell, go out to a big hill, do some swings at the bottom of the hill, sprint your ass up, walk down, and repeat.
0: Yeah, I love your boredom rule, dude, uh, Troy. When you just say you know if you get bored, change gears. Uh, that's such a simple way to say. I mean, you could say periodization, or you could say all you know psychological factors act before physiological factors. But you could also just say, "When you're bored, change gears."
1: Yeah. And by the way, since uh, working through injuries is the topic today, uh, you know it, it it shouldn't go without notice that uh, variety does cut down on overuse injuries. So mm-hmm. um, that's a big point as well. Yeah. Very cool.
2: That that's it.
1: Troy, thank you so much.
3: Thanks, fellas. I, I really appreciate t- time to come on and and run my mouth a little bit and talk and. And one thing, if you guys got anybody that's interested this afternoon, and I've been doing it every Friday, I can't guarantee you, I do it every Friday, but I host a live workout. Um, if they go over to my Twitter page or, or uh, over to my Facebook page, and I'll send you guys the links. And that will still has that if you want to put it out there. Um, Four o'clock Pacific time. Um, we host a live kettlebell workout, so you kind of need to be, you could apply with dumbbells if you want, but it, it's kind of geared towards that. And it's usually about a half hour workout that we blow out. It's, it's live follow along kind of thing, and, and we we usually have a challenge at the end of it. And I'm going to let you guys as people in on the little tip on what the challenge is going to be in case they join up. It's going to be it's going to be one sided push presses with whatever weight you choose, um, maximum repetitions um, that you can do on that side and then switch to one switch that's, so that's cool. the challenge that's the challenge for the day that's um, cool. but yes if, if they want to get in on that, I'd love to have them over there and, and hanging out with us. we've got some really cool people we've got everybody from. From very, very novice to, I mean, we've got a guy that's like a five 600-pound deadlifter, I think it is, and, they're, and they all love it. So um, they're more than welcome to come over and hang out with
2: us. And, yeah, and hopefully to, I've checked it out a couple of times. It's a, it's a neat deal and worth checking out. It's kind of interactive, too. I mean, they can type into you and whatnot. I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a chat
3: interface. They can tap in and stuff. If you've got questions, you usually save about 10, 15 minutes at the end, and, and we can have a little talk and, and talk about stuff and, and, and go from there. It's a great way to wrap up Friday.
1: Love it. Cool.
3: Thanks a lot, Joy. All right,
0: thanks, Dolph. Have a great afternoon. Okay, great show, everybody. Bye. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for information
1: purposes. If you're interested in studying a diet or an exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also, seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic
2: trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make